Do you think people can change? Yes. Yes. And I think we, we are testimonies of that very change. But we didn't change ourselves, right? And we cannot change ourselves. Second Corinthians, Paul tells us this. Second Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. He says, so we have stopped evaluating from a human point of view. At one point, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. He says, this means that anyone belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun, church. We no longer regard Christ in the flesh, no. As spiritual people of God, church, we view no one in the flesh in a worldly manner from a human point of view as we once did. Because being born again in Christ filled with the Holy Spirit, we have a new perspective, a spiritual perspective, hallelujah, the mind of Christ to discern with spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes to see, and only when we're operating in the spirit that we will truly know the spiritual things of God, church, the transformation of a changed heart, the transformation of a changed heart is not physical, it's spiritual, it's spiritual, the spiritual powers of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual powers of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, that new life Paul talks about start with the transformation of a changed heart which is the process of what? Our salvation. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that within ourselves and with others. We forget that, that our hearts has to be changed, church, changed. Because in our flesh, we tend to judge others whose sins are against God. In our flesh, we tend to condemn ourselves against our sins, against God. But we must remember that we do not operate in the flesh anymore. We are spiritual beings. Because the spiritual thing of God requires a spiritual mind with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. Also, a undivided heart, a undivided heart that sees far deeper than the sin in the person, far deeper, far deeper. So we do not judge the person who sins. 
We do not hate the person who sins. But we hate the sin within them. We hate the sin that they have allowed to live within their hearts. It is the sin that we condemn, not the person. Not the person. We must not condemn ourselves, but condemn the sin that we have allowed to live within our own hearts. Our own hearts. See, it's not you, it's not me, it's not them. It's the sin that we allowed in our hearts that causes us, that causes our hearts to be to need change spiritually. It's the sin, church. So yes, yes, we can be changed. But we can't change ourselves, and that's the message that we have to share with others. The message of hope. The hope that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't change ourselves, but the Holy Spirit that comes to live in us through the relationship with Jesus Christ can, can transform our hearts and our lives, hallelujah, to be changed. To be changed. The transformation of a changed heart. It's hard work. <laughs> it's hard work. And I know the Holy Spirit probably gets a little tired of us, right? <laughs> a little frustrated. But the transformation of a changed heart is hard even for the most disciplined Christian. The most disciplined Christian. Especially in this day and age where we as Christ followers, Christian believers are called to be peacemakers. Peacemakers in the world where it seems that no one wants peace. No one wants peace. All week, church, we've been going through a study in the UVerse Bible app called Peace is a Person. And I encourage anyone, anyone, to, uh, to join us. It's church-wide to join us. To download the Bible app, the UVerse Bible app. And um, send me a friend request, and the church logo will pop up under my name, and I will uh, accept your friend request, and we will be connected with our devotionals and our studies. We will be connected, as we ought to be, as family. The devotional was that peace is a person. Peace cannot be found in possessions or things or places. Peace is a person, and his name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus. That is why we call out the name of Jesus against anything that tries to come up against our peace. Hallelujah. He is the ultimate peacemaker. Amen? And as I said, we are called to share that peace. Being peacemakers, but the world makes it so difficult it makes it so difficult, church, because no one seems to really and truly want peace. Today, you can ask anyone, do you know peace through salvation? And they'll look you in your eyes and say yes. But their life tell a whole different story. 
Because if they know the peace that we're talking about, the peace that we know, that peace brings about change. It brings about change in one's life. Amen? We are called to share that peace, church, with love. We are called to love all people, even those that may hate us or dislike us, our very own enemies. Love them. Love them. Love them, regardless of their heart condition. Love them, regardless if their hearts are not well. Love them, regardless if their hearts are not well towards God or towards you. Love them. We are to endure it all and show them love in being peacemakers, church. Sharing the one who is peace with them, with love. We are to endure it all. Endure the different attitudes of their hearts. The joy of their highs and the, and the misplaced anger, misplaced hate of their lows. We are to endure it all and continue to show a changed heart. That's tough. That's tough. But God knows it's tough. But we are to endure it continuously and express a changed heart, a changed heart that we have in the likeness of Jesus. We are Christians. Christians believers. No matter what we face, our hearts should stay the same. We ought to show a heart that shows that love is patient. That love is kind. That love does not boast. And love is not proud, church. We show them that love does not dishonor others or love is not easily angered. That love is not self-seeking and love keeps no record of wrong. But that love always protects. Hallelujah. That love always trusts. We must show them our changed heart. And that the love of God never fails. And that his love endures all things, church. All things. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understand, church, we can still be saved by, our confess by the confession of our faith, but our hearts. But our hearts. That do not change our hearts. That do not change our hearts. The transformation of our hearts only happen when we truly, key word, truly open up our hearts to receive Christ as Lord and Savior and allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead us into a life that glorifies God himself. He will change our hearts from the heart of stone into a heart that loves God and the things of God above all 
else. A heart that loves people that do not delight in evil, meaning anything against God. This is God's plan for the entire human race, church. Even the babies, even the newborn babies of the world, their hearts has to be changed also. The newborn babies. They don't know it yet, but their hearts has to be changed also. And it will be up to the parents and the grandparents to lead them, to influence them with their changed hearts, right? The transformation of a changed heart. So we come to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. God sends his word to his people from the prophet Ezekiel. He said, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land. He says, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Israel, God's chosen people, God's chosen nation. They had dishonored God by basically giving in to the desires of their wicked hearts, which led to the behavior of wickedness. So God allowed them to be defeated by the other nations, to be exiled among the other countries. This is his chosen nation. And being God's chosen nation, church, the other nations viewed this defeat, they viewed this defeat of God's people as God's very own weakness. And we know, without a doubt, our God has no weaknesses. Amen? But the world, church, but the world, the world that do not know God views God's power and his strength by his people, by his people. And some would say today that the world don't respect or have a reverence, meaning an understanding of who God is and what he is capable of because of some of the people of God. Some of the people who say, I'm a Christian, but their hearts desires the things that's not of God. That's not of God. And they give in to the temptations of this world. Showing a form of godliness, but denying its power. And when we do that, we make God look bad. We make God look bad as though his spirit within us has no power. As though his spirit within us has no power to change us. To change us. And so the world, the world questions our God. The world questions our God because of his people. But God has a plan. God has a plan for his people. Then 
and now. And the prophet Ezekiel prophesied this plan. God had planned to restore Israel physically as well as spiritually, but not for their sake. Not for their sake, but for the sake of his name, the sake of his honor, the sake of his glory. And he's doing the same for the church. He is keeping the church upright. He will not let his church fail, no matter what you see. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will not allow his chosen people to fail or be defeated, defeated for his name's sake, not ours. For his name's sake. We're not keeping ourselves, church. We're not keeping ourselves. God is keeping us. Not that we may boast or brag in our well-doing, but for God to be glorified as we, as we display our changed hearts to the world, to the world, to the world that doubts our God. To the world that doubts our God, we must show them the work of God through our changed hearts, through our changed minds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he sent his prophet Ezekiel to tell them this. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back. But not <laughs> because you deserve it. But not because you deserve it. God has saved us while we were yet still sinners. But not because we deserve it. God has loved us unconditionally in our mistakes, in our failures, in our disobedience. But not because we deserve it, church. God has held the enemy back from destroying our lives. But not because we deserve it. It says, therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back, but not because you deserve it. I am doing it to protect my holy name on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. Understand, church, God keeps his promised word. <laughs> God keeps his promised word. This was prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 11 that this was going to happen, that they was going to be scattered among the nations. But also God told them, he said, even though you will be scattered among enemy territory, I will be your sanctuary. I will be your sanctuary through that, through that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So even though we walk through the shadow of the valley of death. We fear no evil. Hallelujah. Because he is 
with us because he is with us, church. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, he says, I will show how my great, how holy, I will show how holy my great name is. <laughs> the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness, check this out, through you. <laughs> through you. Before their very eyes. Before their very eyes, says the sovereign Lord. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So God had a plan to restore his people. No, he had a plan to restore his name by restoring his people. He had a plan to restore his name by restoring his people. He's not going to let you fail. He's not going to let the enemy have you. No. No. That's his word. That is his word, church. He's going to restore his name by restoring his people for all the world to see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to be glorified through his people. And he understands that we can't do that without the Holy Spirit leading our hearts. He understands that. So he says this in 25 through 27. He says this. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. Hallelujah. And I will put a new spirit in you. He says, I will take out. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, a tender, responsive heart, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I will put my spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you so that you follow. <laughs> follow my decrees and, and be careful to obey my regulations. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. The promises of God to his people. This is, the spoken, this is the spoken plan of salvation, church, through Christ. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Glory, hallelujah. This is also the prophecy, the redemption through Christ for the Jews, for the nation of Israel. God would call his people back to him and restore their land, the new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth. Every one of us in here, church, every one of us in here is here because God has his very own purpose and plans for our lives. And one thing we must understand about our hearts is that we were all born with spiritual hearts of our sin nature. We were born with our hearts against God, ignorant, but no fault of our own. Through the sin of disobedience, through Adam and Eve, 
Paul says in Ephesians, he says that we were dead in our transgressions and sin because we were all born sinners with a heart against God that desires not the things of God. That's why our hearts has to be changed spiritually, spiritually, church. It has to be changed. The Spirit of God is trying to lead us into the purpose of God. The Spirit of God knows your plans. He knows your desires. The Holy Spirit is doing all he can do to change your desires into God's desires. The Holy Spirit wants to speak God's word into your heart. He want to write God's word on your heart, church. On your heart. Because he was instructed to by God. <laughs> he is the messenger of God that lives in you. The messenger of God. He wants to speak to your heart, church. He wants, he wants to speak to God's people. He wants to speak to God's people. God wants to speak to you. You are his people. You think that he's not going to hear you? You think that he doesn't hear your cries? Your three and four o'clock in the morning cries? When you go in that room by yourself and you get on your knees? You belong to God, church. Oh, he is the father. Oh, he's a good, good father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, oh. Our God loves us. <laughs> and even if it's for his name's sake, right? Hallelujah. He rescues his people. So whatever you're going through, church, whatever you feel like you're in danger or, or anything, whatever you're going through, Know that you belong to God. Know that nothing can prevail against the name of Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, church, can prevail against Jesus. No sickness, no disease, oh, no heartache, no pain. No sorrow, no grief that we can't get over with Jesus. Nothing. God doesn't want to see you hurt by putting all your energy into the cares of this world, church. He doesn't want to see our hearts broken by putting our hope in the things of this world. The things of God, church, are spiritual. The things of God are spiritual. So God wants to place his spiritual desires within our heart. He wants to place those spiritual desires within your heart. Not the worldly desires. The things of God are spiritual. So we have to truly walk and live in the spirit. Commune in the spirit to understand the spiritual things of God. The spiritual blessings of God will come upon your life. Spiritual. 
Because as God's people, our desires show the world the condition of our hearts. As God's people, our desires will show the world the condition of our hearts. God said they will know you by your what? Love. You don't have to open your mouth. They will know you by your love. And my prayer is that we all examine our hearts by our desires to honor God, not dishonor God. God doesn't want his people to defile his name, church. No. The plan of God through Christ and the Holy Spirit is to change our hearts. That is, again, the process of salvation. A changed mind, a changed mind leads to a changed heart. A changed heart leads to a changed life. Changed life. So God is not out to harm us. He's out to save us. God is not out to your money. He's out to your heart. He's out to your heart, church. You give God your, your heart, you don't have to worry about your money. You don't have to worry about your money. God will make sure you have all you need. Not all you want, but all you need. <laughs> Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When God has your heart, he will have all of you, including your treasures. You'll be willing to throw your treasure to him. There you go, God. There you go. That's your faith. That's your faith. But God wants our hearts above all else, church. He wants us to look in the mirror. And, and this week, this week, those that are live streaming, please, please. God did not put these things in his word just for the sake of it, right? We know we sometimes don't see fault in ourselves. But every one of us in here knows the condition of our own hearts. We do. We do. So let's examine our hearts toward, firstly, towards God, see? When we, when we love God above all else with our heart and truly love him, oh, it's going to be wonderful for you, church. It's going to be wonderful. You're talking about change. <laughs> You're talking about change. Woo! That's the best change anyone in this world can have, a heart towards God. A heart towards God. So now we come to the book of Job. The book of Job, chapter 2. The prophet Job sent warning from God. He tells them that the day of the Lord is coming. That means darkness, church. That means gloom. That means judgment. The judgment of God is coming soon. It's coming upon their land and their people. Joe said, blow a trumpet in Zion, which symbols judgment and destruction to those whose heart are in rebellion against God. You know, in the Old Testament, if you call yourself a child of God, 
and you rebelled against God, you face serious consequences. Serious consequences. How good is our God to present Jesus in our life? The Savior. The Savior. Because God didn't want to bring destruction to his people. God does not want to bring destruction, church, to his people. He wishes that none shall perish, but all come to repentance. In Job chapter 1, God sent a plague of locusts. A plague of locusts that swept over the whole land, destroyed everything. He destroyed everything. And Job says, so the people would return their hearts to God. That's it. God destroyed everything because the people's hearts wasn't turned towards him. He didn't ask them for money. All God wants is our heart. Rend your heart. Rend your heart. All he wanted from us. All throughout the Bible, we hear the same old thing. Turn your hearts. Turn your hearts. Turn your hearts. Turn your hearts. That's the inward, not the outward. We can do all this all day, but it's what's in there that God wants. He wants to live in our hearts, church. He wants to live there above all else. Above all else. Job 2.12 says this. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now. While there is time, give me your hearts. Come with fasting. Come with weeping. Come with mourning, he says. He says, don't tear your clothes in your grief. No. But tear your hearts instead. Tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God. For he is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. That's the God we serve, a forgiving God, a merciful God. The act of rendering, tearing of the garments, church, was a sign of grief and despair. That makes me laugh because we've seen that before growing up, right? We've seen <laughs> We get angry and we get to ripping our clothes off like we bad or something, right? <laughs> like we going to be able to beat somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he says, don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Instead. God's message was to tell the people that he did not desire their outward display of sorrow, sacrifice, or regret. Instead, he desires hearts that are truly broken, filled with sorrow for their sins. A heart that has godly sorrow that leads to a, a repentant heart, church. A changed heart towards God. The readiness to turn from our selfish ways in order to follow God's plans and his very own desires for us. 
Job said if the people had this attitude, he says, God will have mercy on them. Because God's carried the church is not to harm us, but to have compassion on his people. If we humble, if we humble ourselves and render our hearts to him. In verse 14 in closing, he says, who knows? Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, <laughs> sending you a blessing instead of a curse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who knows? Who knows? You may think you're the worst person in the world. You're the biggest sinner in the world. We don't know exactly what God's going to do. Because he's a merciful God. He's forgiven God. He's a compassionate God. He says, who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve. Maybe he'll give you a pass. If we only just try to get it right. When we struggle, we don't just lay down and, and let the enemy take hold of us. No. We continue. We endure in our struggles, church. When sin or temptation comes upon us, and we know it comes upon us all. We're human. But we don't lay down and take it. We fall and get back up. That's the meaning of a Christian. That's the meaning of a Christian. We're not perfect. We fall and get back up. The Spirit of God helps us back up, church. And this is for somebody who may fall. We may fall this week. We may fall this week or may have fallen last week. Get back up. Get back up. Who knows? God may give you a reprieve, right? A blessing instead of the curse. You're not the worst person in the world. You're not the most evilest person in the world because our hearts are not right. We were born with hearts against God. So know that your heart has to be changed towards God, okay? If our hearts are not changed towards God, our hearts are not well. We're walking around sick as sick Christians, all right? A heart that's changed. So as we close, I want to remind you, a changed mind, church. A changed mind, renewing our minds in the word of God brings about a changed heart that loves God above all else. And that changed heart brings about changed actions, changed behaviors, changed words. And above all, it equals to a changed life. So I plead with you, I plead with you, not to just, not to just try to, to change your behavior. But seek that changed heart that will lead to that changed behavior. Amen? Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, because you have, you didn't have to. You didn't have to keep us, Father. You didn't have to keep us. But we thank you for your word, your encouraging word, your strict 
your stern but encouraging word. Your word that says you are merciful. You are compassionate. Father, your word that says you give us chance after chance after chance. That as long as we're still breathing, we can be close to you. We have a chance to turn our hearts to you, God. God, I pray that everyone that's listening, everyone that has the Holy Spirit living in them, that you send them a message to check their hearts, God. This week, God, allow us to check our hearts, to evaluate our actions, our desires, to evaluate our love for you, God, and check us, God. If we are not in right standings with you, God, have your way. Have your way with our minds, with our hearts, God. Convict us of everything that is not of you, God. Turn us around, God. Turn us around, almighty God. Turn us around, God. God, we will humbly, humbly give you the glory, give you the honor, and give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. these altars are open.